day, everybody, and welcome to Encore at the House of Mario. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and this is our Kirby and the Forgotten Land review discussion. And joining me occasionally is Bryce DeWitt. Whoa. How you going, Bryce? <laughs> is that is that a personal attack, mate? Oh, it's very personal. It was just aimed straight for the heart. No, yeah, mate. God. God. Remind me I need to talk to you about something that hit me straight in the heart today. I forgot to yeah, I forgot to mention that. It was very, very sad. <laughs> let's not get into that right Okay. Now. All right. Well yeah, yeah. Let, let's not start off our uh, nice, happy, colourful Kirby discussion with a heartbreaking news. <laughs> Existence is pain. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, that's that is the, the the main sort of moral of the Kirby story and he's just a delightful <laughs> pink ball, but he's Whoa. in immense pain. <laughs> As you can see by him, times. as you can see by uh, him stretching over everything, so, oh, kill me! <laughs> oh, he's forcing me to do that again. Oh, <laughs> oh this plan just needs to leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to swallow another traffic cone. <laughs> oh no, this uh, this game was uh, very very fun, and I'm glad to uh, sit down and talk to you all about it, Bryce. So we haven't really talked about it yet. Or no, at no, all, no. at all, apart from the fact that you said you liked it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I kind of assumed you would. I did too. I very much did enjoy my time with the game. And that's what this episode's all about. It's talking about uh, Kirby mm. and the Forgotten Land. Um, yeah. To start things off, though, just a shout out to Nintendo Australia for providing us a on-release review code of the game. So thank you very much to them for... A, uh, Thanks, guys. Giving us access to the game. Very fun. Yes. So, Bryce, off the tip of your hat, what, what's your sort of first take of uh, Kirby and Forgotten Land on Nintendo Switch? Uh, well, a bit, a bit of a bit of backstory here um, mm-hmm. is that uh, I don't talk about Kirby a hell of a lot, like Kirby games in general, realistically. Mm. Um, but. The reality is, is that I was a huge fan of Kirby's Adventure on the Game Boy as a child. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of Kirby's Adventure on the Game Boy. And uh, I was a huge fan of Nightmare in Dreamland. I love that game too. And I was a big fan of uh, Kirby Superstar and its re-release um, on the DS. Uh, this, for me, was a good return to form, I feel. I feel... Um, I feel I've had a wonderful time with it. One that I've sort of missed from Kirby over the last few iterations. I've uh, sort of played and uh, not really found peace with. Uh, but uh, yeah, this adventure uh, was definitely the best one in a long time, I think. Mm, I agree. And like my history with Kirby was very much of uh, Kirby's adventure on the NES just... Um, just through the virtual console and Wii, I think it was like one of the games that I decided to get my Wii points and uh, use on there and really enjoyed it. But sort of Kirby is either very experimental or it just didn't really evolve its main concept of like it's sort of 2D platforming. If you want to call it platforming, you're probably just floating through most of it. But <laughs> Float forming. <laughs> Float forming, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a really sort of great sort of evolution of what you would expect from Kirby and sort of uh, brought him to, to a bit more of what you expect from a modern-day Nintendo platformer and just how you go through each level and all of that. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely was. 
So just, uh, I guess, a bit of context for the game. The game was developed by How Laboratory. And How Laboratory, they haven't had, I guess, that much of a big input of Nintendo Switch games. The biggest game was another Kirby game, Kirby Star Allies, that came out in 2018. So it was just at the very start of 2018. And this was one of the only Nintendo Switch games I actually, well, from first part of Nintendo, I'm like, no, no, I don't need that game. <laughs> it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, I think you picked it up to play Vivi, did you? Um, yeah, Star so I, I I bought it for Evie because um, she likes Kirby and, you know, it's just a fun little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I think uh, the issue coming into Star Allies is that it, it's just, it didn't at all try to differentiate anything. Definitely. And, yeah. that's, its, and that's its biggest flaw. I feel like Kirby, you can only do so much with... Um, like in a 2D space and people would consider it fine because it's Kirby and, you know, they're meant to be simple 2D platformers um, for the most part. However, like uh, games like Superstar can showcase how you can do all sorts of different things with a Kirby game. Like, uh, for example, you know, playing as a different character or, uh, you know, the... um, What was it called? Uh, The Great... Great Cave. I just call it Great Cave. It's all I was all, because it's always been like too long of a name for me to spin up. Great Cave Offensive is that what it was? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Great Cave Offensive was like a like a almost a sort of like open ended kind of deal, like a Metroid sort of thing. Mm. Um, and that was just a game within a game. Uh, and it proved that Kirby could do a lot of things. Then you had stuff like Gourmet Race and such uh, as well. Um, and when it comes to 3D Kirby, 3D Kirby n- never really made too much of a, a jumping impact. Uh, 3D Kirby either went the way of 2.5D or not really anything at all, if that makes sense. Um, and this one is sort of more akin to... I like to put it to akin of like a, a Mario 3D World title, um, which... I think is probably the perfect explanation for it, really. You have a semi-3D level with objectives to find that mm-hmm. are hidden around uh, and collecting them nets you extra Waddle Dees. And the general aim is to get as many Waddle Dees as possible to help upgrade your village um, until you win. And... Uh, <laughs> Until, until your dad comes in and goes, are you winning, your son? Comes in and you says, can happily, you, and- you can happily just be like, yes, dad. I'm, I'm winning, dad. <laughs> oh, I'm um, winning. It's very basic, and the restrictions aren't tight on it. Uh, like for example, I went back recently and played Banjo Kazooie, and the restrictions on a hundred percenting, or at least even getting to the final fight in Banjo Kazooie, uh, is really tight. Like. Uh, to unlock everything in Banjo-Kazooie, you have to have at least achieved uh, 95% of the game bare minimum. Uh, that includes Ooh. having having double of a feathers pouch, uh, double of a feathers pouch, double of an egg pouch, etc. Um, but Kirby's nothing like that. It's it's sort of like it wants you to sort of go at your own pace and sort of it drives you to look around a little bit, but it doesn't do it too much. It doesn't force you to do like seek out 95% of Waddle Dees or anything like that. It's just kind of like, look, here's here's a set amount that uh, we can sort of push you towards and give you some nice obvious hints. 
Um, and then obviously you've got the rifts around the world that uh, give you crystals to upgrade your copy abilities, which is by one of by and far one of my favorite things about the game. Um, I love that you can do that. And uh, yeah, being able to go and do those little extra things at your own pace, uh, as well as I think just like there is a lot of little optional things that I think that people can have a lot of fun with time trialing, which is uh, good. And I think overall, like it's 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 pretty sort of just a neat pack from the beginning as well. I think I think like even even the tutorial was fun. You know, it sort of introduced a lot of the concepts of the game straight out the gate. Um, wrapping yourself around the car, going for a spin, you know, maybe getting on a traffic cone and belting up a turtle, you know, <laughs> do the, just doing your doing your thing, um, and then being introduced, obviously, to the little Waddle Dee town and slowly unlocking things is just a nice little touch. It's not, um, it's uh, not a hugely long experience in into getting that like one hundred percent, but uh, it was nice to see the town sort of build up and having a nice little hub to run around. I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess, like, uh, it is very much easy to compare the game to Mario 3D World. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd probably make that comparison as well. What what I actually found this game ha- has above 3D World is just how much of a, uh, like, all this sort of um, missions and that within it, whether it's finding hidden Waddle Dee, which mm-hmm. you could probably have akin to, like, the green stars in Mario 3D World. But it's also, like, different tasks, like, some... Some are like very like almost like achievement or trophy based that you might expect on like just a PlayStation or Xbox game where it's like stand on top of the rocket and like you get a nice view and that unlocks a like a the, the uh, I guess the achievement or the mission for the Waddle Dee and like there's heaps of those as you go through and they really play with the different level mechanics and the uh, the idea that they're trying to push through each level and every level level is like completely different from the last one. And it just really shows how create, creative the uh, the team was, which was really really um, quite cool. And I think I think the uh, other thing about it too is that it's it's really replayable. I think I think the way that they've done it is in such a way that it make it doesn't feel too much of a thing to go back and be like. Uh, I missed this one thing. Like how annoying! Like they they relatively keep where the Waddle Dees are hidden. And then you'll get a surprise one. You'll just be like, oh, cool. I got that one for not getting hit during this one bit or like beating a certain time. Mm. But then when you finish the level, every time you finish the level, if you have any that haven't been revealed of their conditions, like it reveals the condition for you and gives you the hint so that you're not wasting time when you're going back into a level. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's like a really smart way to do it Um, and incentivize replaying the level without feeling like you're not getting anywhere Mm. it's sort of um like you know even if you do miss it you're like ah still couldn't find anything that time around it's going to reveal it to you uh just for completing the level again i think that's brilliant i think that's a really nice little touch yeah there was one of the bosses where i was versing it with the sword copy ability and i lost it at like the very last second then i um sucked up a star and finished the boss with it and one of the uh, missions was defeat the boss with the sword ability and I like literally <laughs> beat the whole thing except for the last final blow with oh my god damn it <laughs> and uh, like I, I sort of assumed that that was going to be one of the missions so that's why I was actually using the uh, the sword ability like oh mm-hmm. so like every now and again it, it just uh, it gets you <laughs> where you you wish it didn't but even then, like I feel like I don't, I wouldn't even get mad in a situation like that. Yeah, no, I just laughed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you yeah. gotta be kidding. 
the whole time. I, I think I think there's some conditions, like uh, for example, the very first level, for example, uh, you've got like the tulip condition where you have to find the five red tulips. Mm. I think like that can be a, maybe a little bit annoying because you're just like, where the fuck is this last tulip? <laughs> and like the levels are segregated, so it's hard to sort of just go back and check. Like you need to make sure you've got everything in one area before you move on to the next. But like, I don't feel like that's um, I don't feel like that's uncommon game design. I feel like that happens a lot in game design. Uh, so I can't really, I can't really look at it and go, "Oh, this is disgusting. I hate this." Because the reality is, is I let it pass off in a lot of other games quite, um, quite large. That's probably like the only time I really get annoyed with it. I feel, mm. or it's like, "Oh, I missed something," and you can't go back. You've got to actually complete the level. Then, yeah. yeah, I felt that um, in the in the shopping mall. Uh, sort of level because mm. um, like I, I know a lot of people will be able to relate to this in like Legend of Zelda you can see the way you're meant to go and like a little a little uh, secret area and you're always like I'll go to the secret area and then I'll go forward so in the shopping center the mechanic is you find the signs of where you're meant to go and if you go the wrong way you're going to get punished with more enemies and not find the collectibles but the first time I went through I'm like okay I need to go through say the, like the ice cream shop sign I'm like, oh, well, I'll, I'll check the other ways first. Make sure there's nothing there. <laughs> and, yeah. that, and that just buggered me up straight away. I went the wrong way and I can't go back. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so that's yeah, my fault yeah. for experimenting, I guess. I, I thought I'd just go into a room like, ah, look, there's nothing here, but there's a couple of coins at least. So I gained that. But nope, yeah. you're locked out. So I made sure I didn't do that next time I went through. Well, that's right. Yeah. But, and, and then again, like the next time you go through, all of a sudden, you're just like, ah, well, I, I get to explore like a new little bit of the level I didn't get to witness before because I went the mm. stupid wrong way. <laughs> so you do get like a little bit out of it. And, um, like even, even, uh, some of the sections, like, uh, boss sections and stuff like that as well, like I found them pretty, pretty enjoyable overall. So re experiencing them, not them being too difficult. I think I only died once the whole game. Mm. something like that um so re-experiencing those things was uh pretty you know pretty casual and i i enjoyed my time um sort of just romping around and making those mistakes and sort of jumping back in and trying again it didn't feel like too much of a slog like it wouldn't say i mean it's not fucking make uh make it that uh, whole this is the dark souls of kirby because <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ uh, we don't need that coming back again. But like, you know, it, it's not punishing. And I do enjoy that in a Kirby game and appreciate that that's what a Kirby game aims for. Did you, really did you play on um like whatever the casual mode is or wild mode? <laughs> no, I played on wild because I knew it wasn't going to be that hard. It was a Kirby yeah. game. And like the hardest time I've ever had in a Kirby game was Krakow in Kirby's Adventure and I was five. So... <laughs> You know, like, and Krakow was just a butt to everybody. Nobody liked Krakow anyway, so it is just what it is. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this game as well, like, just with the, the combat feels a lot better when it's set, set in that very much, like, 3D perspective when you are versing, like, a big boss, which is about 10, 20 times bigger than you are. I think the, mm. I think the game feels great to play and and just, like, the normal platforming, that feels very good as well. Just I love when you fall from, like, a, a height, like, a big height, uh, Kirby will just like bounce as he like falls to the ground and like mm, it just yeah. seems like very agile and feels like a lot of fun compared to like Mario where, you know, if you fall from a height, you're going to go 
Raven will like walk off like, oh god, I took some damage. But Kirby just bounces and everywhere. And I I really like the differences between the characters, especially since we're used to playing these types of games as Mario. We don't have any other real platformer series Nintendo really uses quite often. You know, a lot of mm-hmm, the other yeah. platformers from the NES era, whether it was Kid Icarus or whatever, they went to like a different gameplay style. Yeah, they didn't really continue on from what they were. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's especially sort of coming back on that boss, that the boss and character quote sort of thing. Um, like even just uh, witnessing Wispy Woods, that like I, I know that he's called something different in in yeah. this game specifically, but even just like witnessing that boss again, but in a creative three D way, was awesome. I love doing it. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I was like. I was like, okay, how can they make this boss interesting other than just throwing more apples at me? And then it's just like, oh, he puts up a gate, so I actually have to move around and try and find a different place to hit him. Oh, shit, there's vines everywhere. So it's like a mini maze, and I have to, like, get closer to him by, you know, moving moving appropriately and stuff like that as opposed to just dodging apples. And, um, like, overall, I found that I found that, like, a nice little retouch on a old boss that's still iconic in its own way um but uh keeping keeping that same feeling i guess is uh, sort of what i'm getting at but making it more unique and more interesting than it was before in other previous titles mm. um with uh with wispy with with wispy woods being such a iconic kirby boss because he's you know it's usually the first major boss in a kirby game um Seeing 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 him again was just awesome. I thought that was uh, super neat, and uh, they managed to play into three D very well for this game. Which, uh, yeah, as as we mentioned before, hasn't really been done too well for Kirby in the past. But in this one, it's uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, just like um, <laughs> with like the tree enemy, it was, it was nice just to see something just a, a little bit different, a little bit take because Kirby has to have. So he needs to get some aggressive out on aggression out on a tree. Yeah, well. it wouldn't be a Kirby game if it didn't have a a mean tree. And uh, mm-hmm. so that boss's name is Unfriendly Fronds, Tropic Woods. That was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a take on it was a take on Wispy Woods. Mm-hmm. So he's a big mean tree. He's a big mean tree. But let's um let's get into the copy ability. So the copy abilities are. Uh, one of the biggest mechanics, uh, I guess, what makes Kirby Kirby. Kirby wouldn't be yeah. Kirby without being able to suck things up and turn into him, whether it's in Super mm. Smash Brothers or his own games. And I think in this setting as well, it's very, it's very much emphasized as well, mm-hmm. just with uh, how it's all done, and it makes it feel, makes the game feel really good. I, I one of my personal favorite abilities would be the hammer. I love using the hammer. Um, but just with uh, with the copy abilities, this sort of mechanic reminded me a lot of sort of Ratchet and Clank, and it's um, it's sort of the way you can upgrade and uh, all of that, the weapons in that game, how it's mm-hmm, all treated, yeah. and that's like the main sort of thing your progression's based upon, is uh, getting yep. getting stronger through that. So that's a that's a little bit of what it reminded me of, and when you're going through levels, you've very much been like, all right, I need to get coins so I can pay for the upgrade. Um, so yeah. Um, so some of the copy abilities, we'll go through them, see what we thought about them and how much we use them throughout the game. So first one, the drill. I used the drill a little bit when I needed to, but I didn't like mm-hmm. choose to use it necessarily. It wasn't my 
one of my favorites but it's pretty cool how you can sort of go underground and get get up items and also do like a i guess a, a circle around enemies and do like a big destructive a, earthquake type yeah. maneuver a silux-esque thing yeah 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 I, I i didn't use i i didn't use drill much either um i do think they use it in unique and creative ways at times mm. um like just as a general traversal mechanic but like outside of that, it was also just uh, an annoying ability to use in combat if you didn't have the spatial awareness between you and an enemy. Mm. Um, so it's, it definitely wasn't doing any favors there, but like as an actual traversal mechanic, it had its uses for sure. Mm. Next up was mm. the ranger. So you get the get your gun, which was pretty cool. I found uh, like holding holding in the button, then sort of actually aiming it, pretty tedious just with the reticle. It's a bit slow. So if you're versing a boss or something and they're like about to hit you, you're like, oh, I'm trying to move this reticle across the screen. But mm. I think just going through through the levels and that, it was a lot of fun just going, um, yeah, just using it in that respect, just using the B button to um, just sh- shoot without actually having to aim. I thought that was good. Uh, yeah. The bomb, I, I quite enjoy the bomb, especially one of the first, uh, the first stage where you can just spam it and it blows up. It gets a little bit more complicated. Um, it's last sort of tier where you can, they basically lock on to enemies. That was cool. I, I utilize that a lot in the very final boss where, you know, well, not the last boss, but one of the last bosses where you're being chased. I'm just running away and letting it go <laughs> behind me and yeah. doing the damage that way. So that came in handy. Do you like the bomb yeah. much? Um, the bomb got, a, I think it kind of got weird when it got to chain bomb. Mm, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really a big fan of Chain Bomb. I think Bomb on its own is a pretty powerful ability as it is. Uh, it always has kind of been in Kirby anyway, because having any kind of range whatsoever just sort of, you know, it determines your very very easy worth <laughs> in um, in trying to take down a boss that might be difficult or an enemy that might be difficult in general. So, and it very much proves the same in this game. Bomb is very much in that sort of. Um, that sort of redress of picking up a bomb is probably going to do you pretty well. So, um, uh, did I pick up the last bomb? I'm not even sure I did, to be honest. I might need to go back and do that. But um, yeah, I think I think bombers and Billy overall was just fine. Just what it is. Just when it got to chain bomb, it got kind of strange and a little bit weird. And yeah, again, yeah. it has it has another Silux mechanic where like you can connect bombs and blow them all up at the same time. But the chances of you actually finding a use for that is really low. Yeah, on bosses it was quite useful. That had like big health bars. You could do, 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 like it. It was quite useful then. Um, mm-hmm. But I, when I played through the demo, when it upgraded your abilities once you finished the all three levels, and I got the second stage of the bomb, I'm like, oh, I don't quite like this. But spending a little bit more time with it in the actual game, uh, I quite liked it then but i still probably preferred the bombs just because i could just just spam them a lot easier yeah absolutely yeah next up was one that i barely used um called the crash i didn't really use this one at all i don't think like maybe once or twice but yeah didn't really use it much at all did you use the crash much uh no um I didn't. Crash is very much one of those abilities throughout Kirby history that's just a one-hit KO satisfaction type of ability. And mm. I used it. 
I used it where I knew that it was going to be important to getting a Waddle D, and that was about it. Like, if there was a crash um, pickup just before a boss or what looks like it was going to be a boss arena, I'm like, I'm going to need that because it's going to be required for the boss to get a Waddle D. So I'd pick it up then and just blow up. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, I didn't really use much much crash at all. It uh, serves its purpose in being a one-hit KO in the situations it's necessary. But other than that, like, you know, crash is crash, man. Crash is crash. Mm. Uh, the cutter. The cutter's a pretty iconic one. I quite enjoyed it, especially when you upgrade it a bit more and you can sort of fire them off a lot quicker and holding the B button to hold it in place and that that actually is actually really fun sort of puzzle mechanics as well that allows being able to hit switches and move and let go of the button and bring it back hit hit switches as it's uh, going back to Kirby I quite like the cutter mm-hmm. pretty versatile yeah so do I um the good thing about cutter has always been despite its goofy hat um the good thing about Cutter has always been its versatility as both a ranged and melee weapon. Mm. So um, for those of you who have maybe only a little bit of experience in Kirby and picked up the Cutter and just been like, oh, yeah, I see what this ability is about, but it's not as cool as my sword. Um, it can be used as a sword. Yeah. It actually can. Um, so Cutter Cutter doubles as a both melee and ranged ability, uh, and its sword... Its sword form is not as powerful as actual sword, but it has an awesome animation. <laughs> and um, it's it's had that since 2D Kirby. And I think uh, it retained very much what it was in this game uh, and didn't really need to improve or anything like that to sort of differentiate itself. Mm. I think it turned out very well just the way it is. Yeah. And just for anyone that may, might not have seen it if they've played through the game or haven't picked up this game yet, um, it's basically Kirby's up B in Super Smash Bros. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it just goes, oh, right. poof, and lands on the ground. That is where it, that is where it indeed originates from. Except uh, in in Kirby games, he slices a few times before he before he does the uh, mm. the cutter animation. Yeah, yeah, and it's not ranged as well. That that end of that animation, like it is in Smash Brothers, not ranged. Yeah, yep. Very useful in Smash Brothers. Ah, poof, ah, poof. <laughs> yeah. All right, the fire ability, one of my favorite ones. And uh, as you upgrade it, it just becomes better and better. Um, so fire, you can breathe fire, and then you can uh, you can upgrade it to volcano fire, which is really cool. You're just throwing out volcanic rocks. Then the last one, dragon. How cool mm. is that one? Like you just dragon was awesome. Just like the look of the flame looks awesome. Just the amount of range and being able to move it. Uh, it's a wicked ability. Just a dash attack alone, man, in itself was worth the upgrade. Oh, yes. Yeah, that too. Very mm, useful. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. Like, that's the thing is um, between fire, I think I think they've kind of tried to make an evolution of both the fire and the ice ability and make them more mobility-based abilities. Um, that's not something that they really did before. They were kind of just like, eh, whatever. They breathe fire, they breathe ice, you know, they do fire and ice things, you know, is what it is. But now they've like given them a lot more utility, which gives you makes you well gives you incentive to use them, right? Because in previous Kirby games, they didn't really feel like they equated to much, um, other than being puzzle solvers. Uh, this time around, it definitely wasn't like that, and um, I have to give them kudos for giving them uh, giving fire and ice a lot more options. Mm. Well, let's mm. use that to jump into ice then, because. Ice mm-hmm. is basically the, uh, 
I guess, the sister ability, but you're, mm-hmm. you're breathing ice. But it's also using mechanics because you're actually uh, like skating along as you're as like like you're skating on ice and in yeah. in some levels uh, you could see that there was like a, a, a path but it was made of lava I'm like hmm uh, I've got the ice ability I, I, I tried breathing on it I'm like no nah. then I just like skate on the lava I'm like okay well I guess that makes sense I'm just <laughs> using my ice on lava I guess that's how cold I am I can freeze lava but yeah pretty cool yeah, and uh, they did a lot of puzzles with it as well regarding water, um, like the whirlpool, mm. the whirlpool stuff as well, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I think I think um, oh, and the uh, like freezing specific enemies to do ice cube puzzles was good too. There was a few of them. Um, yeah, I think overall, I think overall, um, as a sister ability, it did its job quite well. Still not as cool as the dragon fire, but it was it was good. Yeah. Mm. All right, the hammer, my favorite copy ability. Uh, it's second stage, the toy hammer, is so much fun. Uh, like mm-hmm. the, the last stage, it becomes a bit slow. Like it's very powerful, but it's very slow and, you know, a bit clunky to use. But the toy hammer was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like you can just spam that thing. Perfect and speed. It's, yeah. yeah, it's so much fun to use. So I actually downgraded it. I'm like, all right, I want, I want the toy hammer back. <laughs> so I might put some like... And thank God you can do that too. Yeah, true, That's true. awesome you can do that. Yeah, you can just use any ability as much as you want and you can put it at a certain stage. You can upgrade its uh, like damage uh, mm. and how, however you want to use it and like doing the post game or clean, cleaning up collectibles and all that. So, yeah, big shout out to the hammer. Personally, my favorite. That's the one I love like versing the bosses with. It's just like you could, looking at a boss and there's... I could imagine what it would look like from their perspective. Just Kirby just like charging up this hammer, just, oh, just slowly walking up to this beast. then they're stupid enough just to let me hit them right in the knee I'm like alright just Uh, crack it's like in in Super Smash Bros I love Kirby's uh, hammer in Smash Bros as well I'm so happy that um, like in the more recent Smash Bros you're actually able to hold his hammer like you just you see his percentage ticking up you're like I don't care I'm just waiting for the perfect hammer blow <laughs> I'll, I'll take 90, 90 999 damage before I let go of this bloody hammer yeah that's right as long as you hit the perfect hammer <laughs> and that's what's so satisfying about hammer and Kirby game Kirby games in general is they're very much um, you know risk first reward sort of sort of items but you really feel it in this game I feel mm. and like hitting an enemy with a hammer in this game is so satisfying because of the her- like the, the the level of a health drop that they get from that like strong charged up hammer is huge and it and it feels like such an increase just from like doing a properly timed thing um like coming up against the last boss of uh the uh like the story um I had the hammer for it and mm-hmm. I was figuring out the timing timing to the point where I'm just like, all right, if I hit it in this frame right here, I have just enough time to fully charge a hammer after he finishes his ability. And then I'd pull that off and I'd hit him and I just feel so satisfied that I went and pulled that off. It was oh, so good. Mm. And hammer like, was great in this game. Like uh, so, some of the abilities just don't have that potential to hit like that. Whereas no, like, no. Obviously, like the sword and a couple of other ones, you're able to charge and hold it. But yeah, just uh, if you're trying to do the same with, say, the ranger, you're like, 
you know, you just you're gonna be chipping away. <laughs> it's gonna be a little yeah. bit a little bit harder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Next up is the needle. Uh, I'll probably say the needle is one of my least favorite abilities, and like it's used in a lot of interesting mechanics where like you're going down a ramp, just collecting en- enemies on your spines as you're going down. But there's just not enough momentum for what I would personally like being a ball. Like you roll for a bit, then you just stop. Like I wish it just kept on going. You could just roll around willy nilly, but you sort of just lose momentum with with like three seconds. Like you got to get out of it, going to get your momentum again. If you could just like roll around and maybe even for a little bit longer, like eight seconds. But like, all right, like fair enough. Don't roll through the whole level being invincible, with just with needles sticking out. But I feel like it just needed that little bit more um, to make it a bit more fun to use. But how do you feel about it? I just spam the ability. <laughs> like whenever I got it, I just yeah, spam well, the B button. Yeah, that's what you just, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it works. It works. Uh maybe not as well as you'd probably want it to, but it, it works. Um I don't I didn't hate needle. I, I, I find I found myself picking it up a couple of times because mm. I was just like, Oh, you know what, this would probably be good for this and sort of um I had I had fun with it for what it was worth. I think you're right. Uh but I think like Invoking on that same thing, the power up that I've probably missed the most most this game is wheel. Oh yeah, I, I miss wheel. wheel. It <laughs> it would have been really yeah. good to have wheel and some wheel based puzzles, especially considering like there were time trial ones in this game. You got, but um, Bryce, you got four wheels. Yeah, I know, but it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you're you know? going. Yeah. I, I like the whole dashing in one direction and like, you know, just clearing out a whole path and like it would have just been cool to do that, like with that sort of mechanic in mind. Um, I think uh, I think I had fun with it though, uh, Needle in particular. Like I, I, I think I had fun when I, when I picked it up and I'd sort of just like, I found myself jump dashing a lot and you could do that with Needle and you could do that with Fire. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess it kind of just worked out for me. And um I didn't hate it. Uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure what I'd call my least favorite, but yeah, Needle was far from it to, for me personally. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know if I upgraded it. I can't remember. Um, I don't know if I personally upgraded it. Uh, you didn't really gain much from upgrading Needle. It was just um, more of the same, really, I think. A bit bigger or something. A few more Needles. Well, um, it turned into cluster at stage two. I'm not about. I'm not. I can't remember about stage three at all. To be honest with you, uh, whether I did that or not. But in stage two, it turned to cluster, which was yeah, pretty much the same, except it would drop a line of rubbish behind you, which could damage enemies. Uh, okay. That's it was a cool. uh, very. It was very handy in uh, the last boss of World Five. Mm. Mm, gotcha. Yep. Now we got sleep. Mm. <laughs> so yeah very uh kirby just falls asleep just uh press the b button falls asleep heals it heals his health wakes up loses the ability so um there was one time in the game where i'm like oh god i'm dying and i came across uh a noddy and i sucked him up and i healed myself i'm like well awesome why not nice yeah not the most exciting ability but it was very cute to watch kirby's you're literally just sitting there watching him sleep just uh watching your health bar go up you're like well <laughs> Hell yeah. Lucky there's no time limit because Kirby's such a lazy little blob. It's like the old kiss ability that you could play that you could do in co-op. <laughs> now boys, kith. Oh. <laughs> Share the health. Heal me, broth. Oh. 
All right, so we've got the sword. Uh, you know, this is pretty self-explanatory. Lovely ability. Very fun. Even like the very first days, just just slicing the living shit out of people. And then you upgrade it to like a big, I forgot the actual name of it, but it's like a big sword. It becomes a lot Dragant slower. Dragant sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Just becomes like a lot bigger, a lot slower. But you can, like the hammer, you can charge it up and just do major damage with it. So it's very satisfying. So it's definitely um, another ability where it's like, um, just depending on how agile you want to be, you can sort of move it up and down the tiers of where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, this is just a classic Kirby ability. Where everyone's like, oh, it's Link. But no, it's Kirby because he's so short and pink. Yeah. Could you imagine a Could you imagine a Kirby game if they didn't put sword in it? Oh, I actually couldn't. How this- many people that would like riot because there's no sword in Kirby? Like... <laughs> It's totally a thing that had happened. People would just be like, where's my sword? What am I going to fight Meta Knight with when he drops one in the arena? It's just like, well, maybe Meta Knight's moved on to pyromancy. (laughs) It's just like, all right, yeah, okay. guess that makes sense. Um, Meta Knight's just got a gun. (laughs) I thought thought it was was interesting that uh, they kind of left the final upgrade for sword outside of the main story. I thought that was a little bit interesting. I think it's the only one that's outside of the main levels. Was it? I can't I quite. think I'm, I can't remember, but like, that's just like from what I've, I haven't 100% of the game yet, but so far, mm. like I've only found one, one upgrade that was outside of the main story and it was swords last one. Okay. Because yeah, where where did you pick it up? I can't remember what I was where I picked up the blueprint, but because uh, it- the colors the Colosseum's where you pick up the last one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. You, you get access to the Colosseum before you um finish the game or the last boss. Yeah, yeah you do, but um, it's not like you have to go out of your way to go and finish the Colosseum to get the blueprint, no, which yeah. is not required gotcha. for the story. Yeah. Um, because when it, when it started dropping upgrade scrolls, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get sword. <laughs> I can't wait to upgrade my sword. Can't wait. I'm very keen for my sword, and uh, it never happened. I'm like, oh, but uh, but then the Colosseum come along, and I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'll take I'll take I'll take five and do a Colosseum run. Did mm. that, and I'm like, oh, there's my sword ability. <laughs> and just did it, and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, that was great. Thank beautiful. You, thank God you did, because then you could smack things with a bigger sword. Sword. And the last copy ability, Bryce, the tornado. What do you reckon of the tornado? Mm. Have fun with that one. I loved tornado. Mm. I did too. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very fun, and I thought it was a neat way to traverse levels, and it was very close to wheel, which again I love. <laughs> I love Tornado. It was very close to wheel. It is. <laughs> because in Kirby games, if you hit a wall with wheel, you would change direction. And that is exactly what would happen with Tornado. Mm. It was fun. It was fun. And it, like, it, had, it was a lot of fun. It had a. It didn't suffer from what I felt the needle sort of suffered with. It's just like the torna- Tornado had momentum and you could use it for a long time, which was, mm. which was good. If you could only like move a little bit forward, it's like, nah. Or you could only spit on the spot and be like, nah. But like it actually had like some good mechanics where you could like only get to certain areas using the tornado and uh, mm-hmm. some of those are like um well they call when you get the star pieces. What were they called again? 
the the I just call them space time distortions because I just think of Pokemon whenever I see. Them. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, just with the the rips in space. But yeah, when you do those uh, sort of tasks where it's like very much basic upon like a certain mechanic with a particular copy ability, um, I thought mm. that was a, a lot of fun. Just like yeah, just going through the level. It's just very had a lot of momentum to it and it just felt really great to play. So, yeah. yeah. It, the 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 trade off is that it's less chaotic than uh, than um, spikes. I, I I think I think like needle in general uh, has a larger surface area to uh, command and conquer, whereas um, tornado was very much built for just one straight line sort of thing. You know, you actually had to do a lot to sort of uh, get past it. Um, like I couldn't imagine using the whirlwind ability in said fight that I was talking about before the fifth the the fifth um, world final boss. Mm. I could not imagine using that ability in that fight, but needle absolutely was beneficial in that fight. It was a really good copy ability for that fight. Um, so yeah, I think like I, I think they both have their uses in their own situations. But what was what was fun about? Uh, the whirlwind was far better than what was fun about the needle, if that makes sense. Mm, definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I, I think uh, we're sort of very happy with all of the copy abilities. They're all a lot of fun. They add a lot of uh, sort of depth to the game of different ways they're able to be used, and just uh, yeah. really good in general, which is which yeah, is good, <laughs> refreshing. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some uh, sort of aspects of Waddle Dee Town. So this is a town that you keep coming back to. It acts as your the hub world for this dreamland, as a, as a I guess a lack of a better term, but mm. um, has like a lot of things you unlock by collecting Waddle Dees throughout the game, and uh, a lot of them are pretty cool. So the first one, which we just touched on, was the Coliseum, which is pretty cool, where you go through like a bit of a boss rush mode. Um, you try not to lose, so then you can claim rewards. I've only done the one um, sort of run through it where you verse Meta Knight at the end. That seems to be where Meta Knight is in the game. I thought he might mm-hmm. be a part of the story, but no, he's just in the Coliseum, which is cool. Yeah, He can do what he wants. Yeah. And uh, it's cool that... Uh, I don't know. I, does Meta Knight show his like true true identity that much in Kirby? Cause I, like, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So, yeah. um, not not so much in older titles, I don't think. Yeah. But um, on uh, uh, Jesus, what was the? I can't. Uh, Meta Knight's no, not Meta Knight's Nightmare. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But the first time he ever showed his identity was in Superstar. Uh, was in Kirby Superstar, and it was the the uh the mini game where you had to blow up Meta Knight's ship within a timer and you had to fight him at the end of it. And that was the first time you ever got a glimpse of Meta Knight's face. Mm. Yes. And then like ever since then, it has sort of been like trickled into Kirby games, not always omnipresent. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, wasn't this one, which was uh, a nice little touch because it's, I don't think, uh, I don't think we've ever seen him in 3D. Yeah, he just looks like he's just using Kirby's model, just a different color. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, he just happens to be another invincible warrior type. Yeah. Fight me. Fight me. How come he can talk? How come he doesn't sound like 
Imagine, imagine um, playing as Meta Knight Kirby or whatever, whatever that thing without the mask you want to call him is, and he's just like <laughs> bouncing around going, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think because um, when they talked about it, they talked about the game after after launch because um, as as we've uh, sort of come to learn uh, with this game is that Kirby has the potential to have some deeper lore, um, yeah. <laughs> which. Uh, was really cool, actually. I thought that was super dope. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't um, like it, it was. It wasn't made with the intention to people start going to fucking crafting a Kirby timeline. But a lot of people are just like, so we just show up in the Kirby timeline, and the developers are just like, it, it doesn't. We we don't actually have any plans to develop a Kirby timeline, guys. Like, it, it's not a thing. Good. We don't want one. <laughs> we don't want one. We don't need another Zelda argument on our hands. But I tell you what, like the the law we got was cool. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I think I think the safest thing to consider is that uh, right back at his law is probably what Kirby's law actually is. Um, so for those of you who have never watched it, the 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 uh, cartoon show Kirby right back at you is pretty much all available on YouTube anyway. Um, but he's just a baby. He's just a baby. And that's why he doesn't talk. He's just like, hi. And like all that, all that stuff. Whereas Meta Knight is a more established, uh, I guess, member of his species. Right. He, he has, he has, he actually has some years on Kirby. Yeah. Hmm. That's. That's that. That just I got to be honest. That disturbed me. Just like Kirby, literally being a baby, he's just bouncing around. He, he was, yeah, yeah. He no, he's he's literally a baby, and therefore he was never like at at the time he sort of come into conception. Like in, in right back at you, he sort of gets straight into business and all that stuff. But like I think they just never. He just he just never got taught to do anything, and he so therefore he just. <laughs> He doesn't speak. He only says hi and like simple phrases because I mean he was he never he never had time to be sent to school. He had to stop King Diddy from being a dick. Yeah, no, we definitely don't want a Kirby timeline. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess uh, moving on in uh, Waddle D Town, just like there's a bunch of mini games and stuff you can unlock. And did you play many of the mini games, Bryce? Like there's the uh, Waddle D Cafe where you got to uh, prepare. All the Waddle Dee's orders as they're coming in. Um, there's a, there's a fishing mini game, a bunch of stuff. I don't know if I unlocked all of them, but I definitely played around with the ones that I did. There was a there's an, there was an item shop in the game where I just like I looked at it. I was like, oh, this makes a gives you a bit more health. This gives you a bit more stamina. I'm like, oh, I don't need that. So I never bought anything from it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like I yeah, really me too. Like I don't really need the help. It's all good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, I didn't play much. With them, in fact, I I don't think I really did at all. I interacted with the stuff in Waddle Dee Town, but as for like the mini games, I was just like, what have I got to gain from this realistically? I'm like, probably not much. It's probably just like a la gourmet race and stuff like that, yeah. right? It's just fun to set higher scores, but yeah, apart from that, um, like it's uh the rule co op. The whole game is co op, which I, yeah. I I didn't do. I don't know if you did with um, any of your family. Did you do any co op? Unfortunately, no, not really, because at the time, at the time you do, you uh, said, "Hey, we need to talk about Kerbo." I'm like, "We do need to talk about Kerbo." Um, like I was in coronavirus lockdown, and because of that, 
basically what happened is for a week, my, my daughter had to stay at home, but the laws at the time were not changed. So the rest of us had to stay in for another extra week. Mm. Uh, so we sent my daughter to go live with my mother-in-law for a week, and she would have been the person that I would have played with at the time. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we have not had the time to sit down and have a proper co-op session yet. It sucks, but yeah, because she she yeah. she will love this game because she was a big mm, fan of the cartoon, she wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's been excited to play it. We just yeah, basically, what happened is um, at the time you sent me the code, when was that? Uh, it would have been Friday, previous week. When the game come out. Yep. Yeah, End of March, right, 28th, yeah. End of March, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you sent through the code and you're like, all right, let's play. I'm like, sweet. So I started playing and then like, you know, Evie had to go stay with her, stay with her grandma. And by the time she got home, um, I ended up working. Mm. <laughs> ended up working a hell of a lot. So I didn't I haven't had the time. But like, yeah, she's like, uh, she said something that melted my heart. She was like, um I think I, I got home last night and um, she said I miss daddy a lot. I haven't seen him at all because I was like working all weekend to make up for the fact that we'd wow. been in lockdown for so long. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely on the, it's definitely on the roster. I do want to um, play that with her. She's very keen. She's been getting into the switch a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've, as I've sort of sent to you, she's been playing her own Pokemon file and, She's been playing more Pokemon Quest and some more Miku. She plays a lot of Miku at the moment. Um, Pr- proud uncle and, playing Miku. Which, remind, <laughs> which reminds, well, hey, look, no, which we which we need to make a date because um because uh, she wants to she wants to go and see Sonic Two with us. So we need to go and make a date. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking this. Yeah, we need to yeah make a thing. She actually wants to go, so we need to go and do it. But yes, yeah, I'll be happy to. I'd like to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, me too. So yeah, I've, um, one more aspect of I guess Waterloo Town is the uh, um, so the collectibles you can get the little uh, the little capsules which you can get throughout the levels as well, but through like a, a nice little donation of ten coins up to fifty coins depending on what volume uh, you can get collectibles little figures that Kirby can look at and you can fill up your collection with, and this was a sort of a, another aspect of the game as you're going through each level. It was a lot of fun sort of collecting these and putting them together. And you can get doubles. So mm-hmm. that made it, you know. A little annoying. <laughs> yeah, a little annoying. Like, oh, I got a, got a double even though I risked Kirby's life trying to get this collectible. So, no, it's just another it's just another King DDD. <laughs> oh, bloody King DDD. <sighs> so, yeah. Oh. No, I, I, I spent a bit of time just like doing the capture machines. Like, I do my uh, copy abilities upgrade them until I can't afford anymore. But, ah, I'll go and put a bit of coin on the old capsule machine. <laughs> so I'm just going there and chucking <laughs> some coins in there. But Jacking them in there, man. How do you go with your collection? Did you pay much attention to it? Or were you just like, nah, just didn't uh, really f- focus on it too much? No, nah, I didn't pay a huge amount of attention, for, uh, attention to it because apart from picking them up every level, they weren't really in my face. So um, I kind of reserved my money to be like, oh, I'm going to need a heaps of money to upgrade this copy ability. So like that sort of took precedent. Um, I imagine once I've finished upgrading those copy abilities and stuff like that, then yeah, you know, maybe I'll pay a little bit more attention to it. And again, I'll, you know, I'll probably go back and 
and play play through my file again, pick up a few things. Uh, whether I'll 100% the game, I'm not really sure because uh, collecting all those trophies may be a pain in the butt that I don't want to deal with. But um, I want to at least get all the copy abilities done and um, sort of uh, get the post-game 100% finished as well. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not decided whether I'll uh, try and 100% it because... It's a lot. <laughs> it's a bit there, especially when it's like the RNG of like trying to roll that last uh, that last capsule. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely something you don't have to like sit down and like smash out. You just need to chip away at it, especially if you're doing two player. If Evie decides she wants to play, it'll be perfect for that. But um, mm-hmm. let's start discussing stuff that's a little bit more spoilerish. Just a bit of a warning: we'll be discussing the mouthful mode. Um, so the I guess the the forms you can take advance sort of towards the end of the story and what the last boss and the story sort of wraps up because a lot of the game I didn't think about the story until I get to the end where it's just like this big dialogue dump you're like oh right <laughs> there's something going on here and then like yeah. a little bit of the post game then we'll wrap mm-hmm. things up so mouthful mode this is basically the the brand new sort of mechanic in the game where kirby just wraps its body around different objects and you're able to utilize them to get through levels and it's a big sort of mechanic um in the game so the first one is a car mouth which is iconic from the trailer where kirby just inhales a whole car (laughs) (laughs) And I thought like a lot of the sections with the car, whether it's the time trials or just like the platforming and stuff were a lot of fun. Uh, the car feels really great to control. Not once is it like oh, a bit a bit fiddly to control to get around corners. It's like just precise enough to not worry about it. So I, I really loved it. Um, the car mouth. <laughs> the car mouth. The car mouth. The car mouth. Um. Yeah, no, I I thought this was a lot of fun to play with too, just for the tri- time trial's sake. And I think they got really creative with them as well, which was, you know, something that sort of caught me a little bit off guard as well. Yeah, like um, s- some of the trials towards the end where it's like, how the hell do I beat that time? But there's like little shortcuts and all that sort of baked into the course. We're like, oh, it's very clever how it's all put together. Hmm, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Archmouth. So Kirby sucks in like a big archway and you can use it as he becomes basically like a plane where he's flying mm-hmm. through the levels. These were quite good as well as you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go through yeah, these. these sections are fun. Yeah. yeah. We'll go through these a bit, I guess, a bit, little bit quicker. Um, coaster mouth where you go along a roller coaster and you're just going left or right, sort of depending on trying to collect coins or uh, collectibles throughout the level. Uh, cone mouth, you suck up a cone. You can smash down find like reveal holes in the ground or use it on enemies it's really quite useful it's probably one of like the sort of the i guess the one of the more main ones in the whole uh, game you got dome yes, yes it was dome mouth where you just basically suck off <laughs> suck onto <laughs> uh i guess uh like it reminds me of a barbecue that's what it reminds me of you sucking like a lid off a barbecue Event, yeah. and it's usually got like a collectible in there. It's quite uh, it's quite funny. Just like once you like rip the lid off, you're just uh, stuck on there until you press some buttons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, light, <laughs> light bulb mouth. With some levels, we're just complete 
um, darkness and you use that to reveal your path forward and um, also like some enemies are drawn towards the light so you got to know when to turn on and off mm-hmm. yeah yeah you got a pipe mouth so you suck up a big pipe and <laughs> and uh, then you just uh, roll and you there was a one particular level where we like you're rolling down a hill and you've got to like press the jump button to like jump up or sometimes leave it depending on what the better path is to uh, get the collectible. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite ones, Ring Mouth, where you just do like a big puff of air and there's lots of like boat levels where you use that to propel yourself on the boat, which is pretty cool. Or you're just like platforming and you can use it to um, blow off enemies. You've got the, the scissor lift mouth. You suck, suck onto it. That's a big scissor lift. <laughs> uh, stair mouth. That was weird. Yeah, there was they they used stair mouth in a lot of situations, mm. like a lot of situations. I think um, it almost rivaled the amount of times you used cone mouth. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say so. Yeah, just to like you've either got to move it out of the way or use it to get up higher or there's like one particular uh, part where you've got a light, like a rope on fire and you've got to move it out the way. So it doesn't uh, um, get rid of the flame. Yeah. 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 And then we've got vending mouth, which was, I, I thought vending mouth was really fun. You just suck up a big vending machine and you use that to just shoot out cans of soft drink at people. Uh, <laughs> well, not people, but yeah. little, little Kirby creatures. Little uh, monsters, mate. Yeah. Oh, uh, water balloon mouth. I reckon this is the most visually interesting one where Kirby's just full of water <laughs> and he's just blobbing around. And it's really satisfying <laughs> to uh, fire off all the water. And uh, in particular, some levels where like you use it to clean up mud or slime or even poison. That's a lot of fun and putting out flames and all that. I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. That's one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, then we got one for the very end of the game where you become big rig mouth, where you suck up a big truck. But we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I guess we're pretty much right now. <laughs> so yeah. at the end of the game, right? So it sort of just uh, dumps a bunch of dialogue on us. And I guess if you haven't finished the game and you don't want want this bit spoiled, it's a Kirby game. Like, don't take it too seriously. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried about it. But just a warning in case you do care about it, we will be talking about the end of the game. So, if, hang on. Yes. If 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 you don't think you will care about it, uh, but you know yourself to be a person that likes a, a little bit of sneaky background lore, then it's probably not not the thing for you to listen to. Mm. I think it's probably the safest thing to say. It's a uh, yeah. Again, it's it's not about to uh, rock your world, but I think it was like really unique for something that ha- to happen in a Kirby game. So yeah, probably just double warning there. I think yeah. Mm. Hmm. So I'm just gonna take this um, sort of, I guess, a snippet from <laughs> the, the Wikipedia of uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land just to get this story. Because um, like you know, I've I've forgotten that a little bit. I'm not. I'm not super invested in like, oh, the end of Kirby. This was this was insane. This is like the last of us ending. You know, it's nuts. <laughs> You're talking about it. It's a better game. Oh, shots, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> it's definitely different. Actually, no, it's pretty much it's pretty much the same as the Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> same setting. Um, uh, 
Um, so, uh, so Kirby meets uh, the leader of the Beast Pack, a lion na- named uh, Leongar, who explains that the New World was once inhabited by a powerful race before they used uh, Fecto Forgo's mysterious power to leave for other dimensions. Leongar has been searching for ways to use its power for himself to reach the land of dreams. Kirby defeats Leongar and rescues Ethelin, uh, uh, but uh, Fecto Forgo explains, uh, awakens and explains uh, that they possessed the beast pack and kidnapped the Waddle Dee for labor. Their primary goal is to fuse Ethelin so that they become whole again. Fecto Forgo breaks free from the eternal capsule, becoming an uh, becoming a, <laughs> a gelatinous material, then absorbs Leongar and the other Beast Pack members to transform into a monster. Kirby defeats uh, defeats him, but they absorb Ethelin and complete and uh, complete their form. So yeah, this bit was. We reckon of this bit, Bryce, where it's just like when they fuse together and just becomes this big sort of disgusting fusion of all these I, creatures. It was really I kind of unexpected, wasn't it? <laughs> it's the most disturbing thing since, since Marx, I think. Marx was uh, like at first, like when they were talking about like a, a creature that was like that could like rip part dimensions and stuff like that and sort of like create warp portals. I was just like, no, they're not bringing back marks, are they? Uh, but they didn't. But um, that boss was equally as disturbing as marks, I think. I think it was like, you know, kind of like a matter breaking down more matter to create something like horrific. Whereas marks, marks was just like a derpy beam enemy that went psychotic. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like in in some ways it was just like just as disturbing. It's just that uh, one was turned into a hive mind and the other one was the psychopath. Um, I think uh, probably not as good of a of as good of a thing as Marx. I think Marx uh, was super goofy and um, was probably not an unexpected enemy, but just. Uh, a very weird one to have in a Kirby game where it's just a one little beamy dude and like he turns into a monstrosity. Um, but uh, this here where it's sort of got more intent and is like, you know, oh, obviously this dude's the bad guy sort of thing. I think in that case, it, it's it's probably um, a little more realistic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> And that probably takes the edge off of it just a little bit, but um, no, it was definitely a disturbing, disturbing-looking uh, gelatinous blob. Mm. Yeah. How, how did you go about uh, beating this one? So you're running away, you're running towards the camera. What copy ability did you have at the time? I said like early in the uh, in this episode, I used the homing bombs. I'm running forward. I'm just letting homing bombs go, and they're doing the work for me. <laughs> yeah. As yep. I'm running, uh, I used I used cutter actually mm. uh and i did the whole hold the button to constantly cut and then sort of move back and forth and then when it came time for him to lunge i used the melee combo to get some extra hits in yep. yeah yeah that, that sounds Best like way a, for me to go about it that sounds like a good way to do it hmm. 
It's all fought out, my friend. Hmm. So obviously this thing continues to evolve. So going on to the next uh, bit of the plot here, uh, Kirby manages to awaken Fecto uh, um, enough to free Ethelin, but Frecto creates a large portal back to Popstar, planning to crash the two planets into each other. Uh, as Popstar and the New World approach the Roach limit, Kirby narrowly defeats Fecto by ramming a semi-trailer truck <laughs> into them <laughs> and makes his way back to Popstar, but the uh, rift remains open. So before we go too far, I guess like this uh, big boss battle, I thought this boss battle was really quite awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just like all, all the sort of different patterns and like moves moves it uses on you. And look, I've, I've got to be honest, I died a couple of times to the boss. Um, the first, what what copy, what ability did I use first? I think I had um, Ranger. And I'm like, oh, I can't do anything with Ranger. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it was, wasn't working for me. I I couldn't use it well enough or whatever. I thought like when it was up in the air, I could like shoot it. My like, oh, no, it's way too far away. The range doesn't quite have that much range. But I ended up just like, I need to use the hammer. I need to go back to my, my trusty hammer and I beat it with that. But, right and true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, I, 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 since you said you only died like once or whatever, were you, are you a real gamer? Did you beat it first go? And what ability did you use? I did beat it first go and I used sword. Yeah. I used meta sword. Very nice. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think the boss was very intense visually, uh, not too hard executionally. I feel like, Mm. um, it tried to employ a lot of tactics that happened in a previous boss, which was, uh, what was her name? Clothron? The tiger. Oh, let me look it up. Yeah, I'm trying to remember name. It's it, it is just like a really basic name with like a cat related thing like Claw. I think it's like Clawthorn or whatever. Uh, um, yeah, Clawthorn. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Um, so uh, like that boss employed a lot of tactics where you had to look for a cue and then dodge, and this was very much the same thing. Like when uh, the uh, proto Elfalan, let's uh, let's uh, sort of. Use the name. Oh, I it's Crawline. Cr- oh yeah, Chloraline. Cl- yeah, that's yeah. right. Anyway, sorry. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, and it used very much a lot of the same tactics where it wanted to uh, have reaction-based mechanics. Um, and I don't think like they were not as punishing in this in this game as like they were after my first initial like oh god damn it sort of thing with chloraline uh because they not only have a visual cue but they also have a sound cue and i was quite used to dealing with sound cues so it wasn't too big of a deal i just learned the sound cues and did the boss um but uh yeah because because i had learned that's how this game sort of handles those things with the boss prior the last one wasn't too hard for me. I got pretty close to losing, uh, but I didn't. Um, it was uh, it definitely visually really wanted to make the fight look really tight. Mm. Um, but 
Yeah, I think like unless you really got caught out, it was yeah, you you didn't really suffer too much. But uh yeah, I'm not really sure. I didn't struggle too much with it. Yeah, I think especially once you um you got used to like all the patterns, you could read them pretty easily and get through them. Mm-hmm, but um yeah. yeah, no, it's it's pretty interesting. I want to know I didn't see like check the missions that you need to get the bottle D's. Like, do you need to beat them with like, it'd be cool if like there was a requirement for, for each copy ability. I reckon that'd be really cool. I think there was one for a second stage copy ability for one of the bosses, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that might've been DDD actually. Uh, but it'd be cool if like, there was like a requirement for like all of the copy abilities to be used on the last boss. It's like for that replay value to actually, because it can really change it up depending on what ability you're using because, you know, it might be easy with the sword, but if it's like, all right, use those bombs you don't like, Bryce, well, it'll be like a, a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, um, I think uh, I think it'd be nice if they did something like that to sort of just edge out the completion bit and, like, give you a reason to try new things and try and do a boss with it and see how you sort of fare. Um, I don't think it gets that complicated for the Waddle Dees for the final boss. I think um, I think they keep it at a relative level. I know that there's a few situations in, in which they ask you to not get hit by particular bosses mm. or um, do it under specific time constraints. I think there's a time constraint one for that boss. Um but I don't think that like there's any like no hit requirements or something like that to to beat it. And time constraint ones aren't too hard if you've got the right tools to do the job. Uh, so maybe you just have to use a specific copy ability to sort of get the job done, or like you need to get real good at the hammer, like for example. Because I feel like I feel like the hammer is probably the best weapon to beat any fight if you know the typical mechanics of the boss because you know at the right time when to charge the hammer and when to let it rip and when it does the most damage uh the hammer is easily the most versatile weapon when it comes to boss killing in uh in in that game um if only for the fact that you know how to navigate a boss correctly um, if you don't, then a ranged weapon is probably a friend to speed killing a boss. But um, yeah, I think uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't think any of its uh, its missions are actually that complicated. There's probably one for doing it with no copy ability, to be honest. Yeah, and sometimes that's easier because the stars that you shoot out actually do some pretty good damage. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, should I, it's like in some bosses are like, should I just get rid of my copy ability and just suck up the stars? But come out of the attacks that are coming at me and just shoot them back. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And if you like gather up enough of them in one, in one swallow. Yeah. Oh my God. Like getting it, getting heaps of those heaps of those stars and then just like letting them go. Holy crap. That's a lot of damage. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was really like, I accidentally did it one time, like just sucked up a bunch and shot them. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super strong. Yeah. It rewards you for, for doing a good job at what Kirby does best. <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the very end of the game, you kill the final boss with a semi-trailer truck. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, of course yeah, you, you do. Just, 
Drive right into him. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it does remind me of the ending of Mario Odyssey. A fair bit, kind of, just with like the music and um, sort of the whole premise of just like this one final like takedown sort of mission, which like, yeah. you know, with the truck, you're like, you're speeding up these like falling like rocks and uh, roads and all that and coming stuff, from yeah. yeah Planet Pop Star. You're like, oh my God. Um, it's very kind of similar in kind of Mario Odyssey where like you, you take over Bowser and you do that last run before you mm. finish the game. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Really cool. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about post game at all, Bryce? Or um, I haven't. I haven't gone all the way through the post game, so I can't really comment on it too much. Um, I've only played a little I, bit as well. Yeah. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, then, yeah. Sure, we can talk about it. Yeah. Well, it's just it's it's interesting because it's um you go through sort of remixes of past levels. There's only like a there's only um I think six or seven um levels to go through but they're pretty yes, long yes six, like, yeah. yeah they're all sort of uh um sort of stitched together from previous levels and you've got to go through mm-hmm. and collect the souls um of uh what's his name again what's the <laughs> what was the leonga leonga um you got to go and get his souls because he's been lost in a different dimension and eventually mm-hmm. you unlock a, you'll unlock another boss battle um when you collect all the souls and get them back together um i haven't done it yet but no. It's 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 pretty cool that like I, I wasn't really expecting Kirby to have really post game, but it actually has like a it's a it's a little decent little different idea compared to the the main game where you're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, and like yeah. kind of reminds me of like because I think there's like fifty per level or some some something like that. Mm. It's something like that, um, and uh, it kind of reminded me of like Red Coin like red coin comets in Mario Galaxy just for some reason. It's like the first thing to come to my mind. Yeah, um, it's got that feel, definitely. Yeah, it does, yeah. that Like it, where it's just like, you know, you got that sort of like intense music and that sort of like thematic of like, oh, it's like eerie type of thing because mm. um, it's just like reconstruction, re- a reconstruction of worlds. And that's sort of what it reminded me of. And I was like, oh, this is a cool way to sort of revisit the game in like an organic way, uh, which I think is important to um, to keeping it at a, a level of respect of like, you know, we don't want to waste your time by making you go back through all these levels if you don't want to, but we would like you to see the hard work we did again. And I think they did it in a neat way. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's uh, it's very much like all the levels got sucked into Kirby, and they're in his tract, just waiting to be pooped out together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I guess uh, that sort of uh, ends our discussion, Bryce. So mm. we'll give it a verdict, and we'll get we'll get to some I guess uh, odd questions in our Discord server. <laughs> but what did you? What'd you think of the game in the end? So, like, obviously, we very much like the game. Would you give it a, a recommendation to anyone who's interested? Yeah, I think um, if you've ever wanted to pick up a Kirby game, this is probably the one you'd pick up. Uh, obviously, we've sung a lot of praises about Nintendo games, like, since the Switch's release and how there's always sort of been, like, that revolutionary push for each series in its own right. Um Star Allies was definitely not it. It was like one of the outliers of um, 
of games around the time where we're just like we're looking for like that big hit of the next series of of the of the series sort of thing like because we got zelda and we had odyssey and we had you know pokemon to some people and splatoon 2 being such a hit and etc 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 um mm. and star allies was one of those games it was just like a fucking womp womp <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't really much but like it was just I think, another kirby game yeah that's right, yeah. And I think The Forgotten Land is more like trying to take great ideas from 3D World and capitalize on them in a way that makes it feel like a uniquely Kirby game. Um, retaining the level of approachability that Kirby always has in not being too difficult one way or the other. Um, so that little hands can sort of get their hands on it and play it. And, you know, they'll probably still struggle a little bit, but not enough to make them frustrated. Um, they'll probably figure it out. There's lots of health pickups and stuff like that and still sort of remaining pretty true to it. Uh, and overall, I think getting a neat little bit of Kirby lore by the end of that game was a really cool thing, actually. Uh, going into this, we're like, whoa, what's this? You know, big ruined city. That's a bit weird. You know, there's nothing like that on Planet Popstar. What is going on? <laughs> and um, I think uh, it was it, they did it really well and incorporated a lot of possibilities for Kirby. I know that uh, they talked about it post post the game release and said, you know what, this doesn't really change anything. We're not looking to make a timeline and stuff like that. But I think it I think it does show that you can put an interesting little tidbit in a Kirby game that you remember. And I think like it, that's what it sort of comes down to is we've got this ruined world. That's like very post-apocalyptic esque esque along again, like we were saying before uh, the last of us type style of like overgrown cities and sort of just rusted out cars and just the little things that sort of probably wouldn't catch your eye and you just you sort of look at it but like then you get to the end of it and it just turns out that yeah it was it was all because you know these people left this world behind looking for paradise and that paradise is pop star right like yeah and i thought that was really neat and the fact that they still had all those robotics left over and like a tour guide a freaking tour guide that's like you know, talking about uh, Proto Forgo or Forgo in general. Mm. And just, yeah, I thought that was really neat. I thought it was just like a neat little touch on it that sort of gave more of a clarification than just being like, well, I guess Kirby's in a city now. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it didn't need to be anything overcomplicated and just dumping it at the, at the end was probably fine for a, for a Kirby game, to be honest. And uh, mm. yeah, I enjoyed that little bit of that little bit of exposition that I got at the end there to justify this whole adventure rather than it just sort of being thrown out the window of like, I guess Kirby's just going on another adventure and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was good. No, definitely. I agree with everything you said. And I think if they did put like story throughout the game, like you get to world two and like, Oh my God, like this, like, you know, they're explaining the lore and it's like the character, like the bad guys betting revealed in world three, like it's like progressing and it's just like going on throughout the game. You're like, all right, that's enough. I just sort of want to play Kirby because it is very much just like a very nice relaxing game. So you don't want that to get in the way. You don't be, you don't, 
you don't want to be clicking through dialogue and all that. But having it at the end, having like a lot of context for where you are, what you're doing, uh, the characters around you, I thought was great. Even though mm-hmm. like, you know, it's been, you know, a few days or maybe even close to a week since I've finished it and last played it. I have like forgotten some of the characters and that before like reading this. But mm-hmm. like I do appreciate sort of like just, uh, you know, giving us a little bit of lore just uh, for the sake of it. Because even and, like- And the chilled back experience in general too is yeah. like the thing is like, you know, it didn't have to be a lore heavy bot as as you've just mentioned, but like it was also just a chill game to get through. Yeah, no, definitely. So it's it's a it's a title that I'll be having sort of in my repertoire for you know if Lucas wants to play like games when he's older, um, Kirby will be this Kirby game. Whether there'll be more like it in the future, hopefully there will be. Honestly, I hope they uh, continue making Kirby something that Nintendo fans pay attention to because like over the last few years, like a Kirby game comes out, and honestly, since probably Epic Yarn, you know, it really hasn't been that noticeable when a brand new Kirby game comes out. Star That's Allies right. didn't didn't move the needle for me whatsoever. Um, like Planet Robobot was like fantastic, but it also looked like another Kirby game, but it was mm-hmm. that was a fa- was a fantastic game. So, you know, maybe if uh, maybe if I gave Star Allies a chance it would have been like my favorite game ever. I doubt it, but <laughs> it could the have most, been the yeah. most fun I had in a Kirby game before this since Nightmare and Dreamland, which was a long time ago now, mind you, mm. was the paintbrush games. <laughs> I actually enjoyed uh, the first one like quite a lot. I thought it was a great game. Probably the one uh, I. Hmm. Oh, sorry. I was just yeah. Probably probably my favorite game, like Kirby game, would have been like Squeak Squad on DS. I really liked that one, and that was like yeah. a, that was very much like your just typical Kirby as well, but. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember quite enjoying it still. The difference between like a typical Kirby game and a typical Kirby game, like in like capital letters, <laughs> is you can get a typical Kirby game, but that typical Kirby game can have enough charm to pull it through. But then you can get a typical Kirby game in capital letters <laughs> that just does absolutely nothing to differentiate itself from a very standard base Kirby experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't really change much. And that's what I mean about the paintbrush games is I enjoyed the paintbrush games because they were different. And oh, yes, like, did. even though they didn't, even though they lacked a, a typical Kirby game vibe, they still had a Kirby game vibe just in a different setting. And like, I think I'd probably also classify this as that. Um, simply because like the 3D element in this game makes all the difference, and I feel like it it does sort of transcend it to um the next potential point for Kirby, uh, in sort of a more um it's well dominated organic <laughs> organic discovery, right? Like I think that's definitely the key two words I would use in this situation mm. is like. It's a very it's a game very much about organic discovery in a 3D environment that I don't think is too intrusive. I think is very simple and I don't think requires much thought. Mm. Mm. Which is good. Like we we all need sort of those experiences and um me getting through this and like just some, having a podcast on or something like that. It was just a lot of fun to get through. So 
it's um you know it's definitely a recommend from me especially if you've got like young kids or something like that or you're looking for something that's uh very much just like something to relax to um mm-hmm. like we don't need everything to be a challenge obviously if you want a challenge like brand new releases like elden ring and uh, stuff like that, where it's like you, you you can have your stressful hardcore gamer moments, but there's definitely a place for Kirby and titles like this, even in Nintendo sort of ecosystem. If you want something like a little, little bit harder and a little bit like different, obviously there's the Mario games that have been um, going strong for for a long time, and you've got plenty of options on Switch. But Kirby is something a little bit different in the platforming realm, so mm-hmm. yeah. definitely definitely check it out. It's a it's a great game, and it's like. Since we've been doing the House of Mario, have we ever sat down and talked about Kirby like this and been like, yes. No, let's let no the, we haven't. Yeah, we like, you know, coming up five years, we haven't been like, yes, get this Kirby game. So mm-hmm. that's a no. that's a great sign. And just seeing like what how laboratories output has been for the last decade. You know, there's been some there's been some good games, like, you know, Box Boy and um like, you know, whatever Kirby games have come in the past, but there's there hasn't been anything like this. This is definitely a big step up. Um, for the franchises that uh, they um, occupy. And, you know, how laboratories, since they haven't been doing Smash Brothers, they haven't really been doing anything that really tickles my whiskers. But this one definitely tickled something, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've just got some questions for the Discord. Um, Some weird ones. We put them out there like, uh, you know, with not too much time. So definitely appreciate you guys for for leaving them here. So we'll get through these at a nice pace, Bryce. And we'll head on off to the ether. So the first one's from Tamazoid. What object would you like to see Kirby swallow? And uh, we all know the answer to this, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast. It's a bit too unsavory. But you can, you can have a guess. You could have a bit of an idea what I'm what I'm suggesting here. <laughs> what about you, an Bryce? Electric eel. Yeah, well. Yeah, the electric, electric eel from eel. <laughs> from uh, Mario sixty four. So I don't have to. <laughs> so, so I don't have to uh, run away from it just by. Yeah, you can. You know what? The electric eel from Super Mario sixty four. It can just be friggin'. You can friggin' and uh, sit in a friggin' dead ass ship and be annoying, and like that's your superpower. If you suck up the electric eel, though, does that became is that mouthful mode where you're just like he's wrapped around this eel, but he's just been shocked like. <laughs> oh my god poor Kirby poor next Kirby. question um, so from <laughs> Metadox classic question if Kirby ate you what copy ability would he get the ability to cook fried chicken there you go fried chicken alright I reckon if he mm-hmm. swallowed me he would just uh, he'll be able to drink a lot of milk he was like he's just like oh, no. give me give me two liters of milk I'll fucking I'll drink that he'd get that farmer's tan He'll get the. He just gets a farmer's tan. <laughs> Got myself a farmer's tan. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. That's a good copy ability for me. What, all right. So you, you give me one. What, what should I give you? Um. He uh, he just has an undesirable. <laughs> he just wants to play MMOs all day. Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. He just wants to mm. sit in front of the computer. Mm. And he's got like, mm-hmm. as soon as he sucks you up, Bryce, he's got like 14 max level characters. He's ready to go. <laughs> all, all classes just uh, just fully leveled. <laughs> That's a Chad Kirby right there. <laughs> uh, from Nintendvania. Uh, can you two stuff a vending machine in your mouth? No. 
If I try hard enough, maybe. But but seriously, I think it's the best Kirby game ever. Would love to know what you guys think too. All right. Well, there you go. We answered that in a pretty uh, in-depth way. So glad we can help you there. Is it, is it the best? Is it the Short best? answer. Is it the best Kirby game? Short answer. Yeah. Is it the best, at least in your eyes, is it, is, is it the best Kirby game ever? Yes. Yes? Yeah. Um, I would say close. Mm. What beats it for you? Superstar, especially probably mm. Superstar Deluxe. But that's because there's a lot going on in Superstar Deluxe. I think like it's a good collection of... Um, I think it's a good collection of alternative options for Kirby. Mm. Um, I, I would say this probably comes second. Yeah, oh, fair enough. And I actually, I'm interested in going back and playing that on um, Switch Online now that I've played through this. Superstar, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. It's great. It's great. It's one of the best Kirby games, easily. Mm. Uh, from Brahaps, and I don't remember Brahaps coming into the Discord. To be honest with you, well, I mean, he's here now. Hey, Brahaps, how you doing, dude? Yeah, it's good to see you here, my friend. Uh, how much space can Kirby store in his mouth? And. Oof. What I like about this question is like, how much space can he store in his mouth? Well, it depends how much space he has in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, or do you, are you talking about like the universe, like space, the world itself? Not much. I, He's such a little man. I am going to say 10 acorns. 10 acorns. Yeah, so if it's only for storage, because he can't actually, he can he can expand, he can expand, but his cheeks get sore, you know. So I think maybe about ten acorns, five in each cheek. Mm. Mm. Well, mm. like his mouthful mode, he can suck up some big things. I'd probably say the biggest thing would be like the stairs, and they're pretty big. And That's can, true, but can you imagine that long term for the poor dude's cheeks? Holy crap! Not well. Um, oh, no, no. no. Deteriorating gum line, my friend. It's not, yeah, it's a serious issue. Yeah, no, there's some massive stretch marks by the time he just spits out those stairs. Oh. Poor, poor lad. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> He's like, oh. I don't even want to think of it like that. Jesus. He doesn't snap back. He's just like, oh. He's just laying not, there with his mouth. Not that... Not that I'd have a pro- not that I have a problem with stretch marks, dude. But Jesus Christ, like just imagine, like like that little pink puff ball. All of a sudden, it's just like he's just like full of stretch marks after swallowing something and ejecting it from his mouth. Like, oh, whoa, nah, Kirby. It's a bit much. Kirby is he's built for it, man. He's just he's full of suck. Mm, mm. And from Amelia, um, is Kirby a good pet? In which form is the best? So, which copy ability would you have as a pet? And uh, we discussed this lightly. We said needle's not a good option. Uh, no, wouldn't choose the needle. Be uncomfortable. Uh, and I believe you said, you know what, sleep is probably the best option because you wouldn't have to do much. Yeah, well, sleep is <laughs> sleep is the option I'll choose for my son at least at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Which he is Welcome doing, by the way, while we're recording this. He's been a good man. Ah, uh, what a little champ. He knows, dude. He knows. He knows it's podcast time. He knows it's podcast time with uh, Uncle Bryce. Yeah, what a little champ. Well, sort of looking back on the copy abilities, there's like sleep is definitely the safe option. You don't want you don't want tornado, sword, needle, ice, fire, hammer, cutter, <laughs> crash, bomb, <laughs> <laughs> drill. Like they're they're all pretty scary. Like you know if like. You got little, you got little terror. Just 
you know, if you got like a little little dog, it's like it gives you a bit of a nip. You're like, oh, you bad little cheeky little dog. <laughs> Don't you nip me? I'm your. I I feed you. You shouldn't be nipping me. But Kirby, Kirby's gonna. He's gonna. Now, you know what? He's gonna cut your guts open. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What wheel? Wheel. No, that's cool. You can. Because you, you can you can uh, do the whole uh, Raya thing. Have you ever watched that movie, Raya and the Last Dragon? No. No, you didn't watch that movie. Not what I. Not, she, it doesn't ring she, a bell. She well, it came out on Disney Plus Direct. Like, uh, oh no, no, I haven't. Then no. It was it, it was an animated one. It was also in movies. Um, but uh, yeah, it also came out on Disney Plus Direct because it was COVID and all that. But uh, she has a she has a pet armadillo thing that's huge, and she's like attached like a saddle to it, and like it's just a, basically a giant wheel with a saddle, and you can just ride it. It's friggin' awesome! Like you just do that with a Kirby wheel. Hell yeah! Yeah, no, I respect that. I I reckon I I reckon I will choose sleep. Just you know, I'll come up. Out of convenience and safety's sake. Yeah, it'd be like my cat. You know, just <laughs> when it wakes up and it wants to eat, when it goes back to sleep. Your cat does not do that. Your cat bugs me every time I come to the door because she loves me and knows I'll let her inside. <laughs> oh, my cat. Oh, I'm not a big fan of it sometimes. I was like, oh, you're so cute. Then I feed it and it's all good. But then like for a couple of days, it doesn't let me, it doesn't come up for pats. I'm like, what's the point of you if I can't pat you? <laughs> I, why do I have you if you don't come yeah. and let me pat you on the couch? Because she because she comes to me for pat. She knows that I'll spoil her when I when I get there. So she just comes like mm. like if she if she is outside when I show up, she knows. I hope you know this. Like I, I'll walk up to your door and she'll be right there. She knows. Yeah. She knows when I'm coming to visit. She, does. she tried to use the toilet the other day. Did she, she? She jumped up on the seat and tried to use it, and missed yeah. and pissed everywhere. Oh right. Okay. Oh well that's still that's still progress. You know, that's actually that's actually a good start. I figured out how people have trained their animals to do it. I figured out how they do it. Mm. I, I saw a bit of a video how to do it. Yeah. You got yeah, like a little yeah. box and make the hole bigger and bigger. Um mm. as time goes on. Yeah. I feel Yeah, yeah. But this I, I, I never even tried to toilet train this cat. She just jumped on the toilet and tried to use it. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, so you know, she's got some brains, but she yeah, but she's she's trying her best, man. Yeah. yeah. Instead, she she's just been peeing on the bathroom mat, which has been great. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what smells uh, like cat yeah. piss? Oh, it's, it's cat piss. But anyway, Bryce, uh, that conversation <laughs> leads us to the end of the review. So, anything else you'd like to touch on before we head on off? Um, Kirby's a good little blob, and I enjoyed his current adventure. And um, I kind of hope that they continue to do him a little bit more justice. Um. I do miss Kirby games from time to time. I know that they're not really really my speed anymore, but I'm actually looking for probably a bit bit more of a tough platformer than Mr. Floaty Boy, but um, I like revisiting Kirby because it reminds me of a simpler time. So I'm glad to see him pull out a nice adventure this time around that I could really get involved in. Mm, yeah, definitely. And, you know, being dads and sort of thinking about games that are a bit more approachable. Definitely entitled for that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we definitely yeah, yeah, talked yeah, yeah. definitely talked about it a lot longer than I thought we would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I I think because we yeah, we were aiming for like 30, 45 minutes, but 
I don't even know what we're at now. What are we at now? Hour 30. Yeah. So nearly doubled the, t- well, no, over double time. Um, but uh, I think that just, that just goes to show how, how the game has pulled up for us, you know? Like if we aimed to talk about this for, th- for a half an hour to 45 minutes and we'd stuck that on time, then you'd probably expect whatever we said in the review was about accurate. Uh, but knowing now that we've gone over double time, sort of covering everything that we liked or, you know, didn't really get along with, which wasn't much, by the way, most of this conversation has been pretty positive. Um, I think that sort of speaks to character um, of just like sort of how how good of an experience this was. Now, like, obviously, keep in mind, I'm pretty sure we mentioned at the start of the episode, um, we we were provided a code by Nintendo and like we've we've always stuck by our ground in saying that regardless of how that ever turns out we'll always speak honestly about an experience um and this was definitely a positive one for me in pretty much every regard so and i knew i i I had a feeling it was going to be before it even come out i liked the look of it and the direction it was going and it went even better than expected to be honest so i'm very proud of it Mm. yep yep definitely definitely all right Bryce, this brings us to the the end. So, everybody, the doors to this encore at the House of Mario are closed. Whoa! We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast, is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, A Drew Story and Kraken Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like the show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to help spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.